was a time of war, a war to entertain. Today, your entertainment has been hijacked. Hijacked by a clan of cheap suit-wearing ass clowns and fist-pumping douchebags. Tonight, one man will fight back. No genre, no era, just good music. Welcome to Project Friday, live on Frenzy Radio. Hey, what's up? It's Project Friday. We're coming at you live on your Friday night. Hope everybody had a good week out there. We've got a great show lined up for you. What the hell is going on? Uh, who the hell is this? It's fucking Andy Last. Who is this? Steve? This is Project Friday, man. Uh, it's Friday night. Dude, it is definitely not fucking Friday where I am. Anyway, it's Project Friday. We're coming at you live on your Friday night, as we do each and every Friday. Yeah, I'm sure you do that on Fridays, but today is Wednesday. How are you even doing this? What do you mean, how am I doing it? It's my show. I do it every week. This is Project Friday. Dude, this is Project Nothing, man. This is Beyond Sin. Uh, So anyway, we've got a great show lined up for you. We've got some new stuff from Dream Fiend. We've got some new Lost Gears, and I've got an exclusive track for you. You're only going to hear it here on Project Friday. Nope. Mm Mm-hmm. Alrighty, here's what we're gonna do. I'm going to cancel you out. I'm gonna press this button right here. It's big and it's red. <laughs> That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> Sayonara, motherfucker. Beep. Is he gone? Good. Okay. Alrighty, sorry about that. Uh, let's start my show. Uh, this is B- ProjectFridayRadio.com. Really? All right, sorry about that. I guess there's some crossed wires or something. But uh, anyways, it's time to start my show. This is Beyond... Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Synthwave Sunday. We've got a great show lined up yet again. Uh, I've got some super interviews with the likes of Mitch Murder. Laserhawk. Are and, you uh, fucking Kavinsky. kidding me? What the fuck is going on? Who is this? It's fucking Andy, man. This is not Synthwave fucking Sunday. I'm telling you, this is Synthwave Sunday. All right. It could very well be Sunday where you are because the fucking time zones in Australia confuse the fuck out of me, but it is not Synthwave Sunday. All right. Anyway, I've got a great show lined up, like I was saying. I've got a special segment after the interviews, Lords of Scotland, which is the best of Scottish Synthwave. Okay, look, I'm just going to do the fucking show, okay? One of us has got to go, so I'm just going to fucking do this. I'm not going anywhere. It's fucking Synthwave Sunday. Who the fuck could that be? There's a fucking kangaroo at the door. Oh, fuck. I'm surrounded. All right, here. Here, you bastards. Take this. Here, take this too. Bastards. Fuck you, you fucking kangaroos. No way, bastards. Fuck you! Fuck you! Die! Alright, I, uh, hope he survives that crazy ordeal. <sighs> Ridiculous. Hey there, 
Welcome to Beyond Synth. This is episode 19. My name is Andy Last. Today on the program, I am talking to Mega Drive, who makes some really kick-ass music. And we'll get to that in just a second. But first, I am going to do a little catch-up with uh, my buddy Robin Ogden, a.k.a. Ogre, who made a post uh, a little while ago that just made me laugh, and I really needed to talk to him about it. Um, it's not synth-related, but it is beard-related. Here is my quick catch-up with Ogre. Hello? How's it going? That's all right. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Now, the reason why I wanted to do this catch-up with you was because you posted a thing which made me laugh, <laughs> and I, I want some more detail in it. And This was not music-related, but I know lately you have been growing, if I may say, a luxurious beard. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been going for like, I think it's just over half a year. I think it started back in let's see September October November December yeah I think it's like end of September start of October it's always hard to judge where you start not shaving and you posted some images of beard oil which you were making yep I sure did please now elaborate on, <laughs> on <laughs> oh dear so beard oil was like I decided to make some because it's like aftershave without the shaving, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, like, it keeps your beard nice and soft and your skin kind of healthy. <laughs> Sorry, this whole thing is awesome. It smells, it smells of, well, I've done two, two different flavors. One smells like the sort of sea breeze blowing through your beard, and then the other one smells of crushed wood and campfires so kind of manly sense all around but yeah it's been good it's been taming the uh taming the beard keeping it under control but yeah i, I made like 40 bottles practically <laughs> sold out now what it's been crazy like i've, I've only posted up on facebook like uh or something a week and a half ago if that and um, yeah it's all gone <laughs> nearly so where did you get the idea to be making beard oil yeah my beard was getting a bit out of control so I was looking around the, you know, internet, I was sort of going to a couple of beard forums I found, and people were recommending beard oil and that sort of thing. And I'm a firm believer that uh, every sort of musician should have some sort of uh, hands-on hobby or something to take a break from screens and, and whatever. So I thought I'd give it a go and then spend a little while tinkering with the formula. Yeah, it came out really well. So I've, I've been using it now for like the past three months or something. Uh, is this something that you um, get a kit or something? Or is this literally from scratch? You're like putting olive oil and crushed leaves into a bottle or something? It's pretty much from scratch. Like, I, I can explain how the uh, <laughs> aromatherapy sort of side of it works. <laughs> but essentially, like you have, you choose a carrier oil, which is, you know, like it makes up the bulk of the oil. So I've, I've been using grapeseed um almond and olive and then lots of vitamin e as well because vitamin e, that, that's a pretty good vitamin right there to be uh putting on your face and then from that you um you add sort of what well basically whatever you want it to smell like so essential oils i took it took a bit of trial and error to work out the ratio of like cedar smell to pine smell and those sort of scents and whatever but yeah it's a pretty it was a bit like cooking slash chemistry to get it right but <laughs> Yeah, it works pretty well. You put like about five or six drops in your hands and rub your hands together and put it on your face. I don't know if maybe I had seen pictures when you you had already used the beard oil, but in the photos, now this may be just the way that the pictures were changing the reality of what was going on, but your beard looks really soft. 
it wasn't soft <laughs> until I used the miracle beard. Or so it is quite soft now. It's like it's still not as soft as like head hair, but but it looked like head hair. There's like a whole beard care routine I have to go through now every morning or like every other day, depending on how lazy I feel, just to keep it manageable. It's a sort of question of conditioning it and keeping it nice and uh, nice and soft. But yeah, the oil definitely helps. It's been pretty good. Is the beard um, inspiring your music? I think so. Lots of my favorite musicians have great facial hair <laughs> some, or, have gone, or have gone through phases of great facial hair. Mm-hmm. I was reading beard facts the other day. <laughs> Apparently, your beard grows. Sorry. If you do nothing with it, it'll grow five inches a year, which is it's quite a lot of uh, beard, really. That works out at something like... You know, like font sizes. I don't know why they were measuring it in font sizes, but it, your beard grows at the equivalent of a one-point font size a day or something. I don't know. That was a fact I read yesterday. So whether it's a standard, standardized font size or not, I don't know. What a ridiculous! This is amazing. <laughs> someone, someone must. I'm just trying to think of how bored this guy was at like the beard forum that they're starting to measure beards and font sizes. Like what sort of, I know. there's so many levels of absurdity to that sentence. Like it just, <laughs> how did you feel eventually about the final version of our, uh, collaboration as it were for Vincenzo? <laughs> it was amazing. I was actually in hysterics for like a good well, throughout the duration of listening to the song, and then I made my lady partner friend listen to it, and the person she was on the phone to listen to it. <laughs> so Vincenzo's name and the Jack and News has a—it's uh, actually spreading far and wide. So it's a, sometimes I'll go down the pub or something, and somehow Vincenzo will—he <laughs> comes up in conversation more often than not. <laughs> <laughs> And people, I don't know, I keep having to explain, like, what the jacket news is. Uh. <laughs> I tried to, oh, yeah, dear. I got him to explain yeah. it in the, I think the episode I did with Alpha Boy, I, I tried to get Vincenzo at, at the start to sort of describe jacket news. Yeah. There's sort of a poetry to it when an Italian person who doesn't really speak English tries to explain the concept. It's just such an inside joke, <laughs> that's what I... My whole life, I've always done that. Like, I'll I'll put work into something that's literally designed to entertain like five people. <laughs> now, this yeah. obviously this time you did the music, so I mean, it was already a track that you made, which was a a, a cool track. But I was happy with. I know I, I sent you that first version, yeah. But I think what I added at the end, I think, is now like my favorite bit of the song. Yeah, the which is the, just the the uh, the, uh, the do you know what I mean or whatever like. At the end. <laughs> Is it raining outside tonight? Is it warm enough to put the top down on my ride? I don't want my lady getting wet. At least not yet. If you know what I mean. I think we should work towards a concept, uh, like some sort of concept album about the Japanese or just Vincenzo. Vincenzo might do. I mean, we've already got... You did that track beforehand. Then there's the one you and I did. I know Mike did the... Um... Yeah, it could be easily an EP with like two more. I think I'm going to write one more. Yeah. And round it out as a trilogy. Yeah. Although I do fear the law of diminishing returns, so I'm debating whether or not I should. Yeah, I mean, the two we've, you've done so far have been pretty perfect, so... But yeah, I reckon I reckon some sort of Vincenzo-style album's probably on the cards at some point. We can give it to him for his birthday whenever that is. <laughs> 
that's the best part. I, I, I don't really know that much about him. That's the best part of this. No, I don't either. <laughs> Whenever, um, <laughs> I know, because I'll get people just like, what's, who, who just find the whole concept really strange. Someone made a funny comment. Where's it's like, you made another one? Like, when, when are you, when you going to make the song, like, Strange International Love Affair or something like this? Like, Because I can't explain it, right? Like, there's no... To me, I sometimes just latch on to just really ridiculous jokes that it's hard for me to yeah. explain. I think, like, even, uh, like, Sunglasses Kid, you know, I was talking to, and he's just like, why do you love Vincenzo? And I'm like... like how I, can you not? I'm just it's, like, I, there's just something about him. It's like, there's some. <laughs> I think is he's so like jovial or something. There's something he is, and if you tweet Vincenzo, he will give you Japanese. <laughs> I haven't done it in a while because it hasn't been like I've, it's only been sort of winter, hasn't it? Really, but now it's spring. I'll get some spring jacket recommendations. I went through a phase last year. It was about this time last year. Of, I think, or you know, summertime something like that. Just tweeting him pretty much daily, like what kind of jacket should I wear today? Here's today's <laughs> weather. What do you reckon? He he needs to develop an app. Yeah, now that would be amazing. It aggregates your local weather yeah. and, and your wardrobe, and it, Vincenzo automatically picks one out for you. It's a good idea. We should copy that. I know a that. couple of guys who make apps. I'm actually. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, man. It was, yeah. It was good. Uh, it was good catching up with you. Are you gonna Are yeah. you gonna make more beard oil? Is that uh, a thing, or are you done? Yeah, I think I probably will actually. <laughs> Mainly because, yeah, we've sold out pretty quick at the first run. So it seems, there definitely seems to be a very niche market for it. So I was thinking of doing another blend, but I'm not sure <laughs> quite of what yet. I was toying with the idea of doing something with sort of, because um, the one sort of woody smell and the other one sort of sea breezy. The sea breezy one's been a little less popular because I think people kind of want manly outdoors smell mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, so I was thinking maybe opium um, <laughs> must. <laughs> opium what does that even smell like is that the idea like if you want a nice soft beard but you want to feel like you've just come out of a a chinese opium den i yeah. mean like what's the <laughs> we'll see we'll see i'll keep you posted <laughs> i'm just figuring all the, the the wacky scenarios of just hey man it's good to see you have you uh have you been smoking opium <laughs> so what do you brand it yeah i've been i've been um I'm calling it Manly Man, Manly Man Beard Oils. <laughs> You're missing an opportunity here for cross promotion. Yeah. Ogre Beard Oils. Ogre. Oh, uh, yeah. Should have thought of that. Maybe I could do like a limited edition Ogre bottle. <laughs> I don't know what it'd smell of, but. And then it comes with like a free download of like a track or something. Uh, yeah, I could print a download code out or something, and then yeah, that'd be good. And cross promotion. <laughs> I feel like one of those dudes in suits, like talking about synergy. Like it's, <laughs> you put your face on the beard oil, man. You've got the album, you got the EP, you got the download codes. All you need now is to release like some sort of ogre tie and baseball cap and a jacket. Alpha yeah. Boy's wife made him a jacket. I know, I saw. It looks really awesome. So maybe we can hit her up to make some ogre jackets. That'd be cool. But <laughs> anyways, man, it was <laughs> it was good talking to you. Uh, you too, man. And uh, maybe we'll do an update whenever one of your fucking uh, <laughs> albums actually comes out. Yeah, that would be yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, Andy. Yeah, you have a lovely day, man. You too. Take care.
Alrighty, that was Robin Ogden, a.k.a. Ogre. He's a really talented musician and also now an entrepreneur with a budding beard oil business. I wish him well on his future endeavors. And now, here is my chat. <laughs> uh, and now, here is my chat with Mega Drive. So how you doing? Oh, I'm a bit tired, but uh, I'm I'm good. How are you doing? I'm okay. Just uh, tidying up the house a bit. How's the weather up there? Fucking cold as hell. I was trying to spray paint a model ship because I'm trying to make like a music video and I want there to be like a spaceship in it. Mm-hmm. And I can't do the spray painting inside because I'm going to inhale a bunch of paint and I can't do it outside because it's too fucking cold. When I say I'm building a model ship, that means I've taken a, an already made model ship and gluing circuits to it whatever works you know everything costs a such an arm and a leg today so if you can get by by doing it yourself then more power to you that's if i get by doing it yeah we'll, we'll exactly see, we'll, we'll see what the, the end result is let's just piece of shit on the string or something <laughs> i'm here today with mega drive oh yeah how's it going pretty good how are you i'm, I'm good man so you make some really kick-ass music. You are also an elusive fellow. So I was wondering if you could tell me your exact address, <laughs> full name, SIN number. You have SIN numbers in the States, right? Like the social insurance number? We have a uh, social security number. I think it's the same thing. Like you need it to work? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'll need that. I could tell you that, but then I have to make you disappear for a while. Well, that's kind of you. <laughs> if it's only for a while, that's okay. Yeah, no problem. I mean, you might come back. <laughs> I just like further peeling the onion of, of the joke, you know what I mean? Like it starts out like, well, he's going to kill him. Well, he's going to let him live. Or maybe he did die and he's come back as a ghost. It's all... Yeah, well, there's more There's more than one way of living. Let's just put it at that. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> You'll still be hooked up to an oxygen tank or something. <laughs> That's cool, man. I'll be like Mr. Freeze. Yeah, there you go. Because he's got that tank. Not quite like Mr. Freeze, but... Wasn't that the worst of the movies? Yes. Although the Arnold puns are great, I think. <laughs> there's, a, there's a YouTube video that just collages all the puns together, and they're awesome. Yeah, that is quite a trip. What I love is just how shitty it actually is. Like, <laughs> it, it it transcends in a way, because when you watch, like, the, the one-liners and Arnold's one-liners, they're so bad. They're not even jokes or puns, necessarily. They're just weird comments that have the word freeze in them in this universe there's only one absolute everything freezes i guess that's mostly the writer's fault i'm sure if you gave me a day i could come up with some pretty good freeze puns mm -hmm. you forget when they're like hollywood writers these are professional people whose job it is to write you have him shooting his his gun at Batman saying, you know what killed the dinosaurs, the Ice Age. <laughs> I don't even get that one. Like whenever I, I know because they were in the museum and he kind of shot at a Tyrannosaurus skeleton, but it's still not like a, a cool pun or anything. One of his puns was, hey, Batman, it's a cold town. <laughs> like that's not even a play on words or like an expression. You know what I mean? Like It's, it's a statement. <laughs> it's a cold town. Like what? Okay. It's a cold town. 
Uh, I don't know if you're a big fan of Ninja Turtles or not. Yeah, uh, I just looked at those uh, those images. Yeah. It's probably going to be like a stupid film, but you can't really be upset by those because they look pretty good to me. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, but even before that, have you heard of Dave Raposa? He did artwork for uh, Skull and Shark, one of his comics. He also works with Laserhawk. Not sure if you are no, familiar I, no, with that. No, I'm not aware of that dude, no. Yeah, go look at his work. And he actually did, um, I think, all the characters from Ninja Turtles, or at least all the prominent ones. And they're they're phenomenal. They're so kick-ass. But if you look at them and then look at the new pictures from the movie, mm-hmm. like I, I, I think he, he should get some credit for that because it's pretty striking. I mean, it's not like full-on, like, copying but just the style of the concept art i think is really reminiscent of his you couldn't do anything in a situation like that could you because i mean if you're drawing a picture of an already copyrighted work you can't really have any claim to it i guess you just have to bite the bullet and just hope that you know people see hey that was out before you know the movie was out so Mm. Disclaimer, I'm not saying that this movie copied anyone. <laughs> I'm just saying that there's a, there's some similarities there, definitely. I mean, I grew up with the movies and definitely the cartoons. Was definitely a 90s kid. For me personally, the first movie will always be the best. They just got the grittiness of it and they balanced it with the goofiness of the cartoon like so well. I remember um, there was this show that was on where I lived and it was just this, I think it was called Prisoners of Gravity and it was just a dude who just showed up and coming like comic book things and bits of movie trailers and stuff because I didn't have cable. So, you know, and uh, I remember they showed the trailer for Ninja Turtles and I still to this day just remember like that to me is almost more in my brain than the actual film was. Yeah, I could see that. I still have that thing in my head. The um, we've been looking for you, Miss O'Neill. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's been like burned into my brain. Orokusaki. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We've been looking for you, Miss O'Neill. There are so many great things about that movie that I loved. You know, and I think the thing that stands out the most is um, the way it looked. For mm. some reason, it, maybe it's just because um, we're slowly moving out of film and into digital. Yeah. It's almost complete. I guess, you know, just looking at 35 millimeter film is just something really to behold it's like little things like the way the light played off of the the wet concrete you know like in the beginning when mm. miss o'neill gets attacked yeah. you know <laughs> and like you see you know Raphael looking from the the sewer cover looking at his sigh you know yeah i love being a turtle Anyways, man, let's talk a bit about Mega Drive, which is you. Yeah, that's me. Let's start with the name here. Are we talking Sega or what? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was I was definitely a Sega baby. That was my first console. When I got that, that was probably the one of the best days of my life because it came with uh, Sonic, mm-hmm. like the first game. Yeah. And I played the shit out of that game, like, for years and years. Even though they sort of improved the gameplay in the later ones, Mm -hmm. and I remember I think I was talking to uh, Vincenzo Salvia about this, was I still love the music in the first Sonic, I think, better than... Even though, like, part two does have cool music, Mm -hmm. but I always love the boss music in Sonic. Yeah, it's awesome. And the final battle is great, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. I always loved how epic uh, the final battle music was. Although I think in the second one, they stepped it up. 
big time. Not necessarily, I mean, for the music, but for the final battle. I mean, you go into space. How <laughs> cool is that? Of the, the best sequels of, you know, in video game history or whatever, like Sonic 2 definitely did, like, step it up. Like, the game looked better, it played better, it was longer, like, it was everything you want out of a sequel. And you can spin dash yeah. <laughs> when, when you wanted to. <laughs> Plus, it had that fucking debug code yeah. where you could, like, turn yourself into any object in the level and just put it down and then mm -hmm. that was amazing i would always uh turn into the rings I, I mean i think that was on the first one too i think they were in all three of them the debug code anyways no i don't think the first one did there was one on the third one which was like the hardest damn code to ever do because it was like you had to wait right when the sego logo started to change mm -hmm. you see like a bright white flash of light and that's when like sonic comes into view it's like 3d like a ball like flying at the screen right? yeah and you had to do it like at that point in time and it was like up up down down up 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 down down up something like that it was like insane right, you're right you're right. right at that moment yeah because i think part one that wasn't the hard one part two i think was just you had to play songs in a certain order in the sound test. yes yes Whenever I went to the grocery store with my mom i would like all the other kids that probably you know are our age mm -hmm. Zoom right to the magazine section. Yeah. Because that's where, you know, we didn't have all this awesome technology where you can just look up anything that you ever wanted to. Like, we had to scour for information. I mean, at least in the stores that I went to, they used to keep EGM in the fucking plastic. Mm -hmm. So it was in that kind of baggie. Mm -hmm. And that used to piss me off because I just wanted to go in there and see the codes <laughs> or whatever. And... Yeah. Oh, man, I would just rip it open and then take it out and put it back in. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care, you know. I, sometimes I would, uh, later on, like when I got into PlayStation, because like I went straight from Sega to PlayStation. I played Nintendo and NES or Super NES and N64, like, but it was other people's systems. My systems were Sega and then PlayStation. Right. And when I started getting into PlayStation, this is kind of bad, but I would actually go to like the magazine racks and if they had like a demo disc nice. in it, I'd steal that. <laughs> That thing was mine. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about those. There is no demo disc anymore. It's 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 crazy how you like stop and think about how many things that were are not anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have an older brother, so he owned a lot of systems. Like he would just kind of buy one and then trade it in and get a different one. So we had a Nintendo and then a, he had a Commodore 64 and then a TurboGrafx 16 and then a Sega Genesis. And uh, when I started buying systems for myself, I was a Nintendo person at that point. Like when I finally made the decision, like I'm going to buy a video game system, I picked up a Super Nintendo and then I sort of went the, the Nintendo route. Mm -hmm. But I always enjoyed trading systems with people. Really? Yeah, like get a buddy who had a Sega and a bunch of games and I'd trade the Super Nintendo for like a weekend and like play Sega and stuff. That was always fun for me. I was really loyal to what system I was playing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. I mean, obviously it, it exists now with the, the Xbox fans and the, and the PlayStation fans. I just, mm -hmm. I never was really there. I just liked playing good games. Like I never had an issue with, you know, other people's systems. Like if there was good games on it, 
him, like we'd just play him. Mm-hmm. Every system has something to offer, you know? I mean, even during the time when, when PlayStation started to really rise up and Nintendo started to kind of... Peter out, yeah. <laughs> you know, like GoldenEye was still a party game of choice if someone had an N64 there. It was just mm-hmm. easy to pick up and play if there was a bunch of controllers. Like PlayStation didn't really have that sort of appeal, but it was more of a, if you're into playing like hardcore serious games by yourself kind of thing like that's where they had see that was that was that was me Mm -hmm. not to sound too dramatic or whatever but uh i guess i was somewhat of a loner it was me in the video game yeah for sure for countless hours and for years so i really didn't have any interest in those kind of party games because i didn't have anyone to party with I mean, because video games are still, I guess in the grand scheme of things, they're pretty much still way in their infancy. Mm. I've always thought that maybe one day there's just going to be one console. I think we're actually just heading to no console. That too. Basically to streaming games. Like, that will be the future, Mm -hmm. where smart TVs with a fast enough internet connection, all you need is a controller and literally you can just play video games like you watch Netflix. It wouldn't matter how powerful the system was because it would just be streaming a video signal from like a supercomputer somewhere. I still don't quite understand how that works but i think looking far into the future maybe one day not to be cliche because of the matrix but i mean will we just jack in one day will it all take place in our minds well we'll certainly jack off i'm andy last (laughs) yeah that'll never leave us ever What's probably going to happen is the systems are going to become like Netflix and Hulu. You'll pay $100 a year to have Xbox app on your TV and you'll spend, you know, 100 to be a PlayStation app. I mean, it might even work in their favor. You might actually get more money. Like if if it's like an app, you constantly have to like pay a, fee, a yearly fee for to like play the games. Mm-hmm. I bet you that's exactly where it's going to go. I still think like injecting games into your brain is probably a good 30 years away, I imagine. <laughs> if that, probably even more, if that even happens at all. I, th- I still think we'll be playing with controllers for a while, but it'll be like how you how you receive the games, I guess. That kind of leads into what I try to portray in Mega Drive, mm. at least in my mind, especially for the album Hardwired. Because uh, in my mind, like when I was writing the songs... I kind of didn't have like a theme to them. It kind of only happened when I would name the songs and then especially when I structured the album after I had written the songs. It's definitely like my take on where we're headed. Right. Because I see technology as our evolution Mm -hmm. or another form of evolution. If you believe in that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're already starting to see it with people like amputees. Oh, did you see that video? Was it the hand or the leg? The hand. It was like that soldier who lost his arm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still like bionics in its infancy, but he has like a hand now that he like closes because they attach electrodes inside his arm to nerve endings or something. Yes. Yeah. And he can like rotate the hand and like close just the thumb. and the. F- I mean, it's still like kind of basic, but it's... It's still cool, like he's doing it with his mind. It's a start, definitely. Like that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, there's like another guy who uh, has like a bionic leg, and there's like absolutely nothing to it. There's like no wires, no nothing. He controls it all by his mind, and he. It's like he didn't lose anything. It's really hopeful for the future, I think, and it's re- it's really interesting and fascinating. This coming merger between 
technology and our human biology. Well, that seems to be sort of a theme that runs through like the artwork on your albums. I'm thinking specifically of like the skull with the with like the wires in it. Yeah, hardwired. Mm. Yeah. I think I'm going to sort of rewind a bit to uh, sort of tackle some of your stuff in order. So let's talk a bit about uh, VHS. That was my first attempt at this project. I've said it before, like in another written interview, Power Glove, they, when I first heard Night Force, I was like, not in an arrogant way whatsoever, but to myself, I was kind of like, I could do that. And so I set out, <laughs> I set out to, to make a track and um, it turned out all right. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of like, okay, well, I'll, I'll keep going with that. And that first track that I made was uh, Neo Tokyo 2019 which uh, is definitely Akira-inspired. What's interesting is even though you typically have like this sort of fast tempo to your tracks and these sort of like quick bass lines and stuff, I think my favorite track from VHS is Night Prowl. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a song that often gets overlooked. Really? Oh, yeah, I, I think so. That's weird. I, I, I literally was having this conversation with Droid Bishop about how it seems to me like my taste in songs is always the expected. Like every time I like tell somebody like, oh, that was my favorite track. They always come back with, yeah, that's everyone's favorite track. Like that's, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I always just, I always pick the single, you know, whenever I like have a favorite song on an album, it always ends up being the single. To be honest, uh, I thought Total Control was uh, my favorite or one of my favorites. Um, but I think the song that first started taking off was Electric Getaway. Right. The last song. I know for a fact, because like New Retro Wave, they make a lot of videos of my songs. And they, I can tell that Electric Getaway, that was like one of the first to start getting a lot of views. But yeah, I always thought that uh, Night Prowl, uh, I can't be a fan and like the creator at the same time. So I can't really <laughs> judge or distinguish uh, what's popular of mine and what's not. Like I can right, only right. go to like external re uh, resources to see to see that. But I like that song a lot. Yeah. I shouldn't say this because it's probably going to make you look at the song a little differently. But the beginning, 
the very beginning mm. was a, a screw up <laughs> or because uh, I meant for it just to go one flat. Da, 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 da. But when I exported it and I guess I just didn't check well enough, but it was, uh, you know, it's doing that up and down weird thing. Mm. I kind of just went with it. I believe in uh, the magic in art. You know, sometimes there's things that just sort of happen yeah. and uh, you get to take credit for it as the artist. But then like every time I listen to it, I know that that was in my mind a mistake. And so I have to live with you were doing the electronic stuff my understanding is and this is the only piece of information i was able to find about mega drive is that you were once in a metal band yes i was if you could call us metal uh, we were kind of like a mix of genres and whatnot but uh that's all i'm gonna say about that <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I did play guitar in it, though. Well, it seems to be like a, a route that is taken. You know, like a lot of people that I've talked to, they have like a history of being in a band, also to like in a different genre, you know, and then they decide they want to uh, have more control over their music and do stuff on their own. And then... Is it that noticeable? The having control kind of thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I completely understand. I mean, it's when you're working with other people, you have to... Uh, work with other people yeah sometimes that can be a pain in the ass yeah it, it was it was good i liked it until i didn't <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how to put it uh, i kind of just uh got burned out on it yeah 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 tried touring it was an adventure and it was fun but it wasn't something that i wanted to do again at least not in that form right being in a band sometime in the future i do want to make mega drive like a live thing as well you gonna wear a helmet Playing into the whole anonymity thing, I'm thinking. Maybe. Maybe not. But probably maybe. Go go dressed as Batman. <laughs> I am Batman. Well, you know the old saying. Um uh the old saying is this. <laughs> what is the old saying? <laughs> 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 
Futurescape was the first one I heard of yours when I was discovering the scene and searching around for stuff. This was tricky because I um I was listening to all of your tracks mm -hmm. and I think I like everything. Oh, well, thank you very much. So it was hard for me to sort of narrow it down. Like I like all sorts of, you know, different genres within the synth wave and like retro 80s scene, you know, like I like the the synth pop. I like all that stuff. What I like about uh, your music is it really sort of fuels me creatively to like, I like writing to it. I feel like there's a lot of action mm -hmm. and energy in your music. You know, if you if you want to sit down and write some really dark science fiction kind of action thing. Mm -hmm. Your music is like the fucking perfect soundtrack for it. When I when I listen to it, like it just energizes me to just come up with cool ideas. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And Futurescape is a wicked song. So that was the first one I came across and I was like, what a neat song. I thought it was just a really atmospheric, would make an awesome music for the start of a film. I'm always thinking in terms of film. So like whenever I hear music, I'm always imagining like the images that would go along with it. And it's just such a cool song just to picture like title credits and almost, I always use the artwork that the artist provides to sort of help me paint the picture of what the music is saying. And so like I picture that city, you know, that's on that's your cover art. And I have to say credit goes to the amazing Jared Hageman, who is an awesome artist and and did that cover art, which is just phenomenal. And is that what you sort of had envisioned when you were making it? When I was talking to him first about it, I definitely wanted there to be a city. One of the ideas that I had was like someone on a motorcycle, but it's kind of like from the waist down sitting on the motorcycle with maybe the right leg on the ground looking at the city in the distance. And then I was like, you know what? It's fine if we just have the image of a city. And when he sent back what he like made, I was just in awe. I was like, are you kidding me? How did you do that? That's absolutely incredible. And then he went even a step further and uh, he made like a little teaser video where he actually took what he made and made it like 3D almost. Like the video started with like you're zooming in to the city as if you were going into the album art itself. And it's like raining and stuff. It was just incredible. 
I haven't seen that. I should go see that. He went above and beyond on that one because I was already thrilled with the cover art. And then he made it come alive with the title track playing with the rain falling. It was just incredible. Like That sounds awesome. You should really go check that out. It's on YouTube somewhere. I had no intention when I was making it, but after the fact, when I listened to it as a whole and after repeated listenings to it, I kind of realized that to me, in my mind, it kind of had a uh, flow, like a story flow. Right. In the fact that Futurescape was like this guy coming to this dark and gritty city. It was like the introduction of this city. It's all vague, like even to me, like there was nothing like no story or anything. It was just kind of like it brought to mind there could have been a story or like you can make your own story. Mm -hmm. Pulse of the Streets was like something bad happened on the streets of the city. And then it went into Star Runner. So like maybe he took off into space or something like (laughs) we want to think like this is the future. And then maybe he goes to a planet called Vector Prime and... Then he's like, take me home. I don't know. (laughs) You know, I kind of just see that. I don't know if anyone else does, but uh, I I think that's kind of cool how I didn't even mean for that to happen, but it just came about that way. What is Central Track? Central Track is a um, online magazine or a blog of some sort that details everything that's going on in Dallas and the surrounding cities, be it different things that are happening, places to eat, and especially like music, live music that's going on. Right. They hit me up and was like, we want to give you an interview. Is that cool? And I was like, sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I gave my first interview with them. They also had like a chart though, right? For like the end of the year. They had like a top 50 voted tracks locally around Dallas and um, awesomely picked my track Maniac as the 23rd best track. So that was really cool. I wasn't expecting that, that's for sure. So tell me a bit about Hardwired. That was my first album, like full complete album. And uh, when Hardwired came out, I was on Future City Records. I had been for Futurescape and hardwired. So I put those two CDs out through them. I mean, I can definitely hear how your sound sort of evolved, I think, with this particular album. Yeah, yeah. With After Image, I mean, that's a cool atmospheric track.
after image was actually an old thing that uh, I made for the band that I used to be in. And that band was called what? It was called what? How did you know? That's, <laughs> that's so awesome that you figured out the band name. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. So what's your address again? I mean, if you were to say, you know, the number that's on the front of your house and what street that it would be on, mm-hmm. what, what would you say? Like, what would what would be the answer to that? The number of the house is 666. <laughs> Satan Lane. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, when the album goes on, Completely Circuitry, this was sort of the first one I noticed. Like, oh, like you were kind of getting into some different tempos and beats. Yeah, I don't know what that song was about. It had been a while since I uh, had started like writing anything for Mega Drive. Mm-hmm. I believe at the time I was like focused on film work. I also liked to dabble in film myself, and so I was think I was working on a short film. Do you plan on like using your music to score things you work on? Possibly. I definitely have put a hold on any film stuff and kind of put Mega Drive at the forefront for now, at least. It's just I've come to realize that film is it takes a lot. A lot of factors are in play and a lot of things have to go right. Yes. For anything to come together. And this is just way easier to do, to be honest. (laughs) It's less stressful. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. I do shorts and I, I help friends of mine who make short films and stuff and it's a lot of work and you gotta spend a lot of time doing something that can also be just as quickly disregarded or mm-hmm. you know what I mean like you know I think Hardwired m- might be my personal favorite uh, as I'm listening although okay, the new the Mega Drive like self-titled Mega Drive one's pretty kick-ass well they're all awesome and for everyone that's listening I did not pay Mr. Last <laughs> to uh, say these nice things but if you were to write me a check what's the name you'd sign on it Mr. Fluffy <laughs> Throughout the thing, right, you started getting into these sort of different kind of beats, different kind of sort of interesting bass lines, like in the track, like Ruthless. That was a strange one for sure, like completely circuitry. I don't, I really don't know what the hell I was thinking. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) And uh, Mainframe, which I really like, and it's got that sort of interesting sort of tune with the pitch bending happening in it. To me, it's like some sort of like Western Asian thing going on. Yeah, that's what I hear. I think what's cool about it is I I haven't really heard another song in the scene that has that kind of sound in it. (laughs) 
of course, Data Lion is kick-ass. Yeah, that, that seems to be the one of the favorites. I kind of use, like, SoundCloud and YouTube, especially for, like, new retro wave. I usually go off of, like, how many views, but, I mean, that's the only real way I can gauge it. Right. Which songs are, like, people like the most. And it was da- Data Line for a long time until I'm the Program came out of nowhere. <laughs> people seem to like that a lot. Hardwired is also awesome. Oh, th- thank you. That, that like, Night Prowl, I think, no one really knows about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In my opinion, that's why I named it that, because I thought, it, like, man, this is a kick-ass song. Uh, I think it's going to be, like, the, the one that gets people's attention and stuff. But no. <laughs> well, that's the way it works, man. How would you define your music? I usually just say awkwardly, like, it's the 80s sci-fi futuristic vision of what the future was going to be. It's music that people would be listening to in the 80s movie version of the future. Or I just say, like, 80s-inspired electronic music. That seems to be easier. (laughs) Do you use the word horror or dark? Not really, because uh, after listening to, like, Carpenter Brute and Ghost, like, I don't think mine's hard enough or dark enough. What was uh, 333 about? I had uh, made a song about the movie The Gate. I've never seen it, but I know what it is, right? That's the where the kids get some demons come out of their house or something? There's a hole in, in the backyard of, like, the main kid's house, who happens to be Steven Dorff. Mm. They inadvertently, like, summon demons, and they start coming out of the ground, and uh, they just start wreaking havoc everywhere. And, uh, like, I did the same thing with Maniac, because that was uh, Halloween-inspired. And I I had always remembered this, this horror film from watching it, you know, back in the day. So I decided to, you know, go for it and do it. Um, and so 3.33, it's either 3 a.m., which is the witching hour, or 3.33. I, I kind of just chose 3.33 because it kind of looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's the real witching hour or not, but... Uh, yeah, whatever.
I, I thought it was cool. So yeah, I did that for Halloween because I love Halloween. Do you, do you dress up? Uh, this last Halloween, there was a just a party at my apartment. Friends came over, and I think I wore a gas mask. I've been dressed up for Halloween in um, shit. How long has it actually been? I've been holding out because I really want to go as like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Oh. But I want it to be a good costume. Like I don't, I don't want it to be like the the, the shitty one that they started selling or whatever. Like I want like a nice homemade kick-ass costume with the fucking white contact lenses and a fucking spear on a rope and stuff. I don't know. It's weird. Like, because in the newer games, they, they've taken Scorpion in a slightly different direction. He's he's very, like, armored looking now, but I'm yeah. I'm thinking more, like, simpler uh, classic Scorpion. But, like from the first one? Yeah, like the first and the second and, you know, like, but, you know, with a little bit more detail on it or whatever. But mm-hmm. but I, I just never had the drive to work on the costume. And then every year I just sit there going like, well... I'm only going to go a scorpion or nothing. Not that I'm going to go out trick-or-treating, but I mean, well, I've got a kid, right? Like, I, we, Yeah, you trick-or-treat through your kid. Yeah. You make them go up to the thing and get the candy, and then you make them bring it back to you. That's exactly what I do. And then as scorpion, <laughs> I would like have his candy bag like tied to a rope so that uh. once, he get, once he gets the candy from the door and do the, come here, and look and come back. <laughs> or like I said, you could just have your kid go get the candy and then scream out to them, come here. Oh, yeah, that works too. I'll just have him on a rope. Well, no, you know what I do? I get my son to dress up like the spear. <laughs> actually, that's a fucking funny idea. Now that I think about it. He's a, Except when you actually pull him and then he falls on his face and you drag him. No, 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 no. He'd fall on his back. We'd like weigh the thing down so he'd fall backwards and there'd be like a soft oh. sort of cushiony thing in the back of the spear. That would be yeah. fucking hilarious. I would stand on the fucking curb and I would say like, get over here. And then like my son would like slowly walk towards the, the person's house and then come the here and pull him back. The neighbors are just like looking in horror as you're dragging this child to you. Well, no, I could uh, like when I carry, I could carry him around, uh-huh. like around around my belt. I would just like get like a a thing so like I could support his weight, and then like have him at the side, and then throw him at the houses to to collect candy. It's <laughs> a great idea. It's the best idea oh, that's ever happened. You should patent that idea. Yeah. You should make like a a combo costume, like the the adult scorpion costume that comes with the spear kid costume i don't know i think this this brings us right back to that ninja turtles thing i don't know if you know i could i could oh, do that yeah and then the mortal Kombat people just be like hey look at this awesome idea we thought of the fucking carry your kid along as a spear costume I'm like fuck you i made that and be like no you didn't and i wouldn't be able to sue them well then you find out where they live if this interview is any indication i'm not good at finding out where people live <laughs> it's no not one of my skills Tell me about Mega Drive, self-titled album Mega Drive. Yeah, that was a, a bit more of a experimentation in sound. Activate Your Steel is such a cool song title. Is that from something? That actually is, and I don't know if I want to say where it's from because... Will that somehow give away your address? Do you live at fucking 55 Activate Your Steel Lane? Yeah, I do. <laughs> You're really good at this. <laughs>
So we can probably like slowly start to wrap it up. I was going to say okay. about Mega Drive, uh, the album Mega Drive anyway, that uh, it's cool. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, Converter is a cool song. Thank you. I think the thing I like about your music is that a lot of your songs just start off really strong, like right off the gate. The second the song starts, it immediately just jumps right into like this cool fucking electronic bass line. And uh, I really dig that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think that's uh, become like a signature, something that I do, or that's just something that I fall back on. How I structure the song, you know, maybe I'll start with like a some sort of bass line, like, you know, make it interesting sounding. But I, I've noticed that I, I do that quite a bit in my songs. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, this song needs something. Oh, I'll just do a bass riff and make it interesting sounding. And, <laughs> and I don't know, like, I, I tend to experiment a lot with uh, the different sounds that I can make. I, I really like diversity. Like racial diversity? Yes, racial diversity, uh, gender diversity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then we can live as one. Is there something coming up in 2014, Mega Drive wise? Yeah, you know, there might be some things that I can't talk about. <laughs> that's even better than a thing you can't talk about is the thing that's coming up that you might not be able to talk about. Or something that might be coming up that you can't talk about. You know, it's just total confusion and, uh, and vagueness, you know? <laughs> that's the Mega Drive experience. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like... What is a thing that you might be able to not talk about? I'm, th I'm just thinking about what that even means, like, theoretically. I have no idea. <laughs> hey, uh, w where do you park your car? Do you park your car in the mega driveway? I see what you did. And if you were to park in a mega driveway, what would the address be of the house attached It'd to it? be mega drive drive. <laughs> this has been a fun game for everyone. Yes, I, I enjoyed it too. <laughs> Anyways, buddy, I hope you have a lovely day or evening. You too. We'll fucking uh, talk to you soon. And I'm excited to hear upcoming About the Mega Drive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, keep an eye out for the nothingness that will maybe probably not be happening at any time in the future. <laughs> but if it did, you wouldn't be able to talk about it. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> And that was Mega Drive. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please tune in to the next one. As always, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Andy Last. And you can also like the Facebook page. That would be cool. Um, that's be, uh, Facebook slash Beyond Synth. And what else? Uh, oh, I also started a video game review show on YouTube. It's called Completely Legal Game Reviews. And we review games bypassing all of YouTube's weird content restrictions by not actually showing any footage, but showing really shitty pictures and uh, terrible recreations of the games uh, that we are reviewing. So that's that's fun. Or it's not. You might think it's terrible. Who knows? And on that note, um, I gotta go. So please uh, tune in to the next episode of Beyond Synth. And in the meantime, I haven't done this in a while, let's end the show with a little bit of a kick-ass song from Mega Drive. This is Data Line. <laughs> Thank you.
Look, dude, I'm going to start my fucking show, so one of us has got to go. And then you're going to be like, you know, like, oh, I'm not going anywhere. And then all of a sudden, you're, sorry. <laughs> I love the accent. Sorry. Your accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> 